Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from The Coloring Book Coach. Did you know it's possible to heal your heart and more through coloring and the help of The Coloring Book Coach? Find your free coloring book at thecoloringbookcoach.com. of our four-part series called Secrets of a Runaway Carnival Worker, featuring our special guest, Kevin Ball. If you haven't listened to part one, which aired on May 7th, 2020, please go do that now. In this episode, Kevin Ball continues sharing his stories from his time working carnivals after running away from home at age 15 in the mid-70s. Today's episode covers a lot of ground with stories about being picked up by a state trooper on a Native American Indian reservation, plus breaking into his own house as he hitchhiked back across the country, experiencing a carny initiation, and an interesting gift from a fellow carnival worker. These stories were recorded during an hours-long virtual happy hour, which was attended by four out of five sisters, and some of the brother-in-laws showed up too a couple of times, which explains the sound quality and some of the activity you might hear in the background. When we signed off last week, Kevin had just reached Seattle after hitchhiking from Chicago to California and then deciding that Seattle should be his next stop. Stay with us to hear what happens to him next. This is Kim A. Floden, and you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? As usual, this episode includes swear words. Kevin has arrived in Seattle and makes the choice to join the carnival. But then again, when I got up there, I'm there, what do I do? I mean, I didn't really, you know, the... I didn't really have any friends' numbers from then. I mean, it wasn't that kind of a thing where I really made a lot of planning before I took this trip. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. So I uh, saw a carnival. What about? And did you see your dad when you got to Seattle? Did no, he no, because he by that at that point he had already he had transferred down to uh, Colorado. He was like, oh, okay. So you were going to an area you knew. Yes, it was just a familiarity. My father gotcha. wasn't there. I wasn't going to visit my father. And uh, at the carnival. It was a tiny little carnival, and I just uh, asked if they needed help. And they said, okay. Now, they probably kind of suspected I was under 18, but I was over I was over six foot and like 200 pounds. I was a big guy, and they go, well, maybe not. So they didn't ask too many questions. And they taught me some things to work on a carnival. And this uh, um, ride called the Spider was Love my Love it. <laughs> And uh, so that was my ride. That would be my my responsibility. So at the end of the night, before we made a jump and stuff, I'd have to break it down. I'd have to grease it. I'd have to do all this kind of stuff. To I, you know, it was a lot of work. I had no place to stay. So I'd and uh, so I, you know, the carnies look the way carnies look because they sleep in the carnival lot. <laughs> so that was basically my first carnival so i would travel wow. with them and it was just local in the washington area local. were those the mean ones though that took you out back no no, 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 no oh no, that, okay that was two carnivals down the road okay well we'll need to hear that so did you did you just was it kind of a room and board situation you just make enough money to get along and and have a place to sleep and or indentured all the servant, funnel you cakes you can eat you know <laughs> no well i mean i would get free food from the um from, from some of the stands because you know the people there so i'd get slipped a corn dog or, uh but basically uh, it basically would be sleeping in the truck 
And every few days, a few of us would get together, like four of us would get together with some of the money that we made and rent a hotel for the night. And everybody would shower that day. And we'd like shower every few days. And uh, I did notice at that point that the people that worked on the games would walk away clean at night because I had to grease my machine down every night. I had to build it in the morning. I had to do all that. And uh, when I kind of got tired of that, I ended up taking off again. And then I was hitchhiking back towards the Midwest. On the way back towards the Midwest, I mean, I I did not really know what I was going to go from there. I was kind of thinking of finding another carnival or something, but I wasn't quite sure. I I was hitchhiking through Montana. And it was right like the year after the whole debacle happened with um, Wounded Knee. And that's where it took place up there. So because that happened in like 74. Uh And this was like 75. And so I'm hitchhiking through there. And again, naive, my hair's down the middle of my chest. You know, it's much blonder than it was now. I mean, I look just like General Custard going through an Indian. (laughs) And, and, you know, the people are swerving and screaming. And I figured, well, that's, you know, Indians playing around. I knew I was on a reservation. And a state trooper pulls over and goes, dude, what the fuck? Are you, you're crazy. What the hell are you doing out here? Uh, apparently, a, a couple of people had been killed over the past couple of weeks um, that, Whoa. that had been kind of like traveling through there. And he's a state trooper in a state trooper vehicle. And he's an Indian because he's on the reservation. And he says, Give me, get, get in here, man. I'm going to get you out of here. And so we end up going on the road. We're hitchhiking and he goes, I could take you as far as the state line, the state line, which was a good drive for me. I mean, it was about 70 miles or something like that. Now there was a 12 pack of beer in the front seat <laughs> in a state trooper car. Right. And so we're driving and we're talking a little bit. He's asking me, I don't remember the exact, you know, what the conversation was about, but it's basically, what are you doing out here? Why are you here? What do you, you know, am I crazy going through a fucking Indian reservation when all that shit was going on? Yeah. That kind of a thing. And then he asked me if I had any, any, any pot on me. And I, I did have two joints, but I'm going, no, no, I don't have any pot. And he kind of looks at me suspicious and he goes, really, do you have any pot? And I go, no, I don't. So he takes one of the beers, he pops it open, takes a sip, hands it to me, and has a sip. And I, so I take a sip, and he goes, okay, do you have any pot? No, do you have any pot? Pulling out a joint. And I, I didn't know if this was a trap or something. You know, again, yeah. I'm right. And so I end up smoking a joint with the state trooper and drinking a couple of beers in the state trooper. Oh my gosh. As he drives me. To the state line and leaves you for dead no <laughs> well i was off the, i was off the reservation at that point the world was a different place back then wasn't it <laughs> it was at least perceived different i mean there's always been crazy shit well, that's because you were high but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that point while i was on my way back to chicago now when i went to chicago i i really had no idea what i was going to do i actually I broke into my parents' house when um, they weren't there, and I stole a lot of my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) 
He stole your own clothes. He so yeah. didn't want to come home that he broke into his own house, stole his clothes, so he could go back out on the road with the carnival. And I and I and I, I well, I know I didn't want to go back to that because nothing had been resolved at that point, and I don't think it was going to be any better. But I did know that I, you know, if I'm going to be out on the road, I have to be a little bit better supplied. Yeah. So I did that. I hung around probably for a couple of weeks. Well, maybe like a week or something like that. Visited my buddies and stayed at their houses for a few days. And then I just took off hitchhiking again. I didn't really have any kind of a goal or a place I was going. And it was in uh, Missouri that I saw another carnival. Well, I walked in there with the county knowledge behind me and telling, knowing that I wanted to go in the games instead of the rides. I kind of fake talked my way into that. And since I knew some of the carny language and stuff, they kind of like, there wasn't much of a issue of me trying to get a job because they're, you know, they're just carny a bunch of runaways and fugitives in the car. <laughs> and so I ended up going there and this place was called, see, the first one was Reed Spectacular Show. And truthfully, I don't remember the name of the second carnival I was in, but that got me my introduction into the games. And now, the games have different levels as far as their illegality is concerned. Oh, I was oh, going to say in, for, in terms of how you can win, because it's like you can remember those games. I mean, you could think yeah. you were walking out with the big thing but you were coming out with the uh, here's a bottle opener. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now, I'm going to probably just gloss over gloss over some of the real details on it. But uh, there's a lot of places I can't touch just because, you know, hey, there's people still working in carnivals. All right, <laughs> and uh, and they'll come after you. Yeah, <laughs> they know how to find that, me. That is, yeah, yeah. That Sorry. No, they don't, because you had a code name. Yeah, well, the second carnival is where because I couldn't really take the nickname Seattle. Oh, my name was <gasps> Kevin Dillinger. That was my. Uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> that was my first one before it turned into Seattle, because when I got to the second carnival, I told him my name was Kevin Dillinger. And um, they said they already had one. Well, no, <laughs> uh, I, I got the name because the first game that they let me do is the one where you shoot out the stars with the BB gun. Yeah. And that was the first game after I talked myself into that. And so I said, fine, you know, like, Kevin Dillinger. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and I did that one and I did all these. These games were all the completely legal games. He's figured out what it takes to make it in the carnival and even how to stay clean. But there are more adventures ahead. Stay with us to find out what happens next to Kevin Ball. Hey, this is Kim, also known as the Coloring Book Coach. I just wanted to pop in here and say I hope you're doing well. And also, there are some great free coloring pages for you at thecoloringbookcoach.com. And I'm here for you if you need someone to talk to. Right now, I'm offering 20-minute intuitive sessions for just $40. I have the ability to tune into you and your life and provide quick assessment and advice for whatever might be going on. Here's a testimony from a recent client who says, Kim's reading was extremely informative and on target. She knew very specific information about my situation and has provided me with clear direction about next steps to take. She was extremely professional, empathetic, and kind. I highly recommend Kim. She truly has a gift with energy. So if you're interested in giving this a try, reach out to me at thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com and let's talk. That's thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com. He's moving up in the world. Now he's working games instead of equipment. Let's get back to Kevin to hear more about what it was like working in the carnival. 
I, I got the name because the first game that they let me do is the one where you shoot out the stars with the BB gun. Yeah. And that was the first game after I talked myself into that. And so I said, you know. Kevin Dillinger. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> and I did that one. And I did all these. These games were all the completely legal games. I mean, they're difficult to do and there's tricks to them. But I mean, there's nothing that makes it illegal. There's no button to push. There's no anything like that. Oh. So that carnival, I was in all of those games. Now, they did have... Um, uh, other games, which are games that there's no real buttons or switches or anything like that, but you talk them out of winning the, for the prize. So a good example of them would be the bushel baskets. I don't know if you remember, there was one where yes. you toss a softball. The softball, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And it would always bounce out. Right. Because it was planted. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well, that that was part of the game now that portion of it was real i mean it's just really difficult to do but what they did was they had a red rim they pound, they painted the top the outside rim red and yep. if you touched the red rim it didn't count and so that was their fallback so you would have to make you know gaslight the person to believing that their ball touched the red rim if they ended up winning now the odds of them uh, it was so difficult were low anyway <laughs> Mm-hmm. You would have to basically talk them out of winning. Then you go to the next ones where there's actually buttons to push and oh. <laughs> things, you know, mechanical means of preventing a person to win. Wow. But, that, but I didn't actually get into those until the following carnival, which after I was with this carnival, oh, this is also where, because I was driving, when I got to this one, I was actually started to drive the trucks. So I was driving trucks cross country when I was like 15 years old. I know, and we got to Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where I joined my third and final and longest running carnival that I was with. I was with this last one for about a year. That, and that's where I started working on some of the more illegal games as well, too. I'm not going to say any descriptions of any particular games. There are two more levels of games. So there, there are games that actually have uh, physical means of preventing a person from winning. Motherfucker. Yeah, those are the games I always play. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a trick of how you place something, and sometimes there's a literal button or something to that effect, or a little wood slide or something you shift on the, whatever you're playing. Yeah. Uh, that happened. And then there was this one, this other s- series of games. And this is one that I did not know how to do. This is kind of like the top secret, the huge money makers. Uh, people would lose hundreds of dollars there. Uh, but the prizes would be like TVs and stereos. And they were all numbers games. They all looked kind of like bingo to me. But I really Gosh. didn't understand the operations. First of all, I'm only still a 15, maybe 16-year-old kid at the yeah. time. And so this is like well beyond <laughs> my knowledge level. Tell us about when they threatened you, because that was like really, I mean, you got put on those games, wasn't that when you got threatened? Well, yeah. Uh, Depending on what towns you go to, some towns you go to, and it's big. You come out of there with buttloads of money. And other towns you go to, nobody's going out, everybody's suspicious, nobody wants to spend anything, and it's really, really hard to survive. We were in one of those towns when that was happening, and... And I wasn't taking any money because there's no way of doing it. You've got a, you've got a big kind of a 
bucket with a lid. Like uh, I think I think I had like one of those ammo cans that we would put the money in that we were making, and you give it to them at the end of the day. And wow. I was, and I was pretty new to the carnival at the time. I ended up staying in, you know, like I said, a bunch of people group up, go to a motel. And, you know, and we probably had like six or seven of us at this motel that night. And just so we can take a shower every few days. And um, the next day I come into work and the guy, the, the owner's kid comes up to who's actually a friend of mine. We drunk, we, we drink, we smoke weed together. And he says, Kevin, come here. I need to talk to you. So... I go around back behind all the stores and stuff and the owner's brother follows me out there with his hand in his pocket. And uh, then they start asking me, uh, uh, Kevin, you know, we noticed that you were, you know, you guys, you stayed at a motel last night. Where'd you get the money for that? Because nobody was making any money here. There was like nothing to be had. I mean, I, I didn't even make 20 bucks in a day or kitchen like five bucks or something. Did you just, oh my God, did it's you like the get- Tiger King. Did you get like a cut of what you took in every day? Yeah. Was that how you made yeah. your money? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever the take was. Okay. And and so he's going. You know. You, you know. You you only you only turned in like fifteen dollars today, and uh, you're staying at a hotel. What the fuck gives with that? And uh, the guy's owner's brothers pulls out a gun. He's kind of holding it, and um, man, I'm letting him know. Listen, no, dude, this was. I did. We. I didn't take any money from you. This is all that we made. And the guy punches me in the face. And wow. I get back up and I kind of like brisk myself off. I'm pretty. I'm bigger than this guy. But the other guy is now the gun's pointed at me. He goes, Kevin. I'm going to ask you again. Where did you get the money? And I'm letting him know, dude. I seriously. I just. I mean, we got together. We. You know, it was. I only had gave him five bucks. And I, again, pow, popped me in the face. After that happened, like another time I guess they apparently believed me and he gave me like a cloth. He goes, wipe yourself off, put his arm around me and goes, here, let me buy you a beer. Jesus. And that, and that was basically the end of it. It was kind of um, what I'm guessing is my initiation in a small town and them letting me know what, what'll happen if I ever do steal from them. Yeah. Here's our, our bookkeeping and accounting methods that we use yeah. here. <laughs> and I was scared shitless. I mean, I, I again, kid, I don't know what the oh, hell's going on. Right. Well, yeah, someone's it. punching you in the face. Someone else has a gun on you, and you didn't do anything wrong. But how do you right. prove it? Yeah, right. that's a, no that's what you call sticky wicket. Were these the same guys that later got the hooker for you? No, that was actually <laughs> on my whole different group of friends. That was my second carnival. Okay. Now we were staying at some. At that point, we were staying at some really. I mean, it was probably like twelve dollars a night for the motel or something like. There was this little (laughs) French guy who like did some of the games, and we he 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 was an old guy. I mean, he was probably fifty something, and I'm fifteen. And he um, he kind of befriended me, and you know, taught me the ins and outs of the carnivals, gave me a gist on the carny life and stuff. If I was a normal person, I would have been scared to go outside. But since I was in this element, I'm part of the element. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because, I mean, there's these, these ugly, trashy hookers that are just hanging around the motels out there and stuff. And that's the- ugly and trashy? Well, Ooh, baby. So, anyways, I get back from the, you know, from the carnival that day. And I go to my room. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, me and this French guy are having a beer. And, and 
and that was it. I'm going to bed, and he goes to his room, and about 10 minutes later, I hear a knock on the door. And uh, there's this older <laughs> woman. Attractive. Yeah, not really necessarily attractive. <laughs> so it wasn't Julia Roberts? <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. And she comes in, and again, I have no idea what the hell's going on. I go, no, you, uh, I, you know, you must not you've got the wrong room. I don't know who you are. I don't know. She, she goes, no, I just wanted to see if you wanted some company. I'm just like, bam, I'm baffled. I have no idea what the hell's going on here. It's kind of like freaking me out a bit. I mean, I, you know, I, You're freaking so me I, out, man. So I ended up just, you know, talking her out of it and sending her away. <laughs> no, you did. Wow. Your ball did not hit the red rim. <laughs> you did not win. <laughs> And and uh, the next morning, uh, you know, he I didn't know know anything about this until the next morning when the French guy comes up to me and goes, "Hey, did you get my gift?" Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. So, yeah, thank you, Frenchie. That's yeah. the kind of thing that only happens in movies. Well, I mean, at that point, I was <laughs> was a virgin, and I, you know, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. But I that's certainly not the way I would have wanted to lose my virginity. Yeah, you know that did happen during the car. Those are some crazy stories, and he's just getting started. Stay tuned for two weeks more of Secrets from a Runaway Carnival Worker, also known as Kevin Ball. And thanks again to Kevin for sharing these tales. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying... I did. We, I didn't take any money from you. This is all that we made. And the guy punches me in the face. And wow. I get back up and I kind of like brisk myself off. I'm pretty. I'm bigger than this guy, but the other guy is now the guns pointed at me. How in the hell did I get here? Hey, we know things are hard and crazy right now, and we would love to hear how things are going for you. Please feel free to call us day or night and leave a message about anything. The number is three two three four eight eight. Three three zero three, And there is a chance you might hear your message on the air. Also, just a quick reminder that we need your support now more than ever. If you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach, that would be awesome. As an independent podcast, we really appreciate the help. And of course, we love it when you share the show with a friend. Without listeners, there's really no point to making the show. So thank you for whatever you can do. Don't forget to visit the Coloring Book Coach for your free coloring book plus color and calm pages, which have been designed for the times we are in right now. Also, we hope you're listening to the How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit podcast to find out what's happening this month and the tools that you need to support yourself through it. Subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big thanks to Silent Partner for our theme song, Seventh Floor Tango, and our ad music, Blue Skies. We found them on YouTube's Creator Library. Find their links in our show notes. How in the Hell Did I Get Here is a production of The Coloring Book Coach and is written, produced, and hosted by myself, Kim A. Floden, with editing direction from Carrie Floden.